We are back at the Action Junkies podcast, joined today by Austin Zellin. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man, there was a cool, co- a lot of coordination went into this one. You, we're busy. I'm busy. You're busy. Yeah, and we made it. We made it work. We made it happen. I'm you glad f- to be here. Yeah, man. You you flew in last night from where? Seattle. So I live in Seattle. Okay. Yeah. That's where you're from. Yeah, I grew up in Seattle. I love it, but you know, it's one of those cities where it's nice in the summer, but the rest of the year is kind of. Uh, so I'm glad to be here. Does it live up to the stereotype of it's always raining? Is that really true? Or oh yeah, absolutely. But it's not rain like you expect. It's not like legitimately raining. It's mostly just like misting. Got and you're it. Just wet, and you can, an umbrella is not going to save you. Got it. It's just gloomy. <laughs> gloomy yeah it's misting sideways rain you're just just wet all the time the umbrella is not gonna save you oh no oh it's no good uh okay so um for those that don't know uh tell me about you what do you do what's your what's your jam yeah so i invest into alternative assets so literally anything from like luxury watches to exotic cars to yachts to jets uh we do forex trading e-commerce literally anything that just cash flows for us Um, really yeah um cars tell me about the cars yeah that's a really popular one so i we basically buy exotic cars and then we rent them out on a daily basis now oh i don't actually operate the business i just own the asset and so me as the passive investor i buy up all these assets and then i send them to investment operators who are operating the actual business got it and then you charge them just like a it's like a do you do you own a piece of the business or no no no. you're just getting day rate for the cars yeah yeah so i had had monthly rental I had this idea and I'm like, hey, this guy's already running an uh, exotic car rental business. He knows how to do it. If I wanted to do that, I'd have to learn everything from scratch and probably make a lot of mistakes. Right. What's the fastest way I can get into that industry without having to learn everything? And so I started reaching out to these people and I'm like, hey, what if I bought an exotic car and I just gave it to you and you just put it into your inventory and just run your business just like you already do? Yep. And maybe we could just split the profits. And so that's the model we came up with. On that particular car? On that car, yeah. And they log everything and everything. miles and everything so you know you, you can't get cheated or anything. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. We get a full report every single month and direct deposit on the first, so. Wow, that's kind of genius. And do you, how many cars, so how many cars do you own like that that you're doing with? So our organization, me personally, I have three. Okay. Um, now, organ- our organization has close to 100. Oh, like wow. 95 to 100, yeah. Um, and they're they're spaced all around the U.S. So our hottest market is New York. Super, super great market. I would not think that. Well, the premium in New York is the best part. We may not get as many rental days, but okay. we're charging like $2,000 a day. <laughs> For like a Lambo or a, yeah, is yeah. that, like what are the three cars you own? Uh, so I have a Wraith, um, I have a Urus, and I have oh, a Huracan. Sh- wow, okay. Yeah. Wow. I like to diversify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, do you drive something fancy at home or no? Yeah, well, kind of fancy. Um, I don't rent out my personal cars, but I also have a Huracan at home and an M8. How do you like that M8? Oh, I love it. It's actually faster than the Lambo. <laughs> Shut up. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? Zero to 60, it does 3.1 seconds, and the Lambo's 3.3. Wow. I just saw one brand new, literally yesterday or the day before, pulled up next to me in this really cool like gray color or like a... I don't know the name of the color, but it was like a... I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think it's like Nardo gray. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, my God. That car was hot, man. It was so nice. Yeah. Especially with the red interior. Oh, don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. So that that's your daily driver or... Well, that was the plan. Okay. But when I go down to my garage and I'm like, oh, Lambo, M8, I always end up going with the Lambo. 
Really? Unless it's like really rainy, I like the four-wheel drive on the M8. And the Lambo just sounds amazing, right? It oh, just yeah. sounds like That's angry. my favorite part. Yeah. I um, knew that's what I was that's what I was gonna buy when I heard it. I was like, oh, that's the one. What are your thoughts <laughs> on on the uh Tesla, like, uh, would you ever be a Tesla guy? Like, I need my car to growl and be angry and make noise. I just can't <laughs> embrace this. I know they're fast. Um, I think they might even be faster than all the cars you have, maybe, yeah. right? Yeah, At yeah, least yeah. in a straight line. Absolutely. But uh, they don't make noise. Yeah. I need yeah. noise. I'm the same way. I really, really love the noise. Like, music and sound is a huge aspect of my life. And so I love a good sounding engine. And that's one reason that I probably would never buy a Tesla. I do love all the tech. I think it's an amazing car tech wise. I like how fast it is. They're yeah. doing zero to 60 in less than two seconds. <laughs> it's it's crazy, crazy, right? It's like yeah. motorcycle time. Yeah, but it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I just can't do it. I can't get into it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no. Everyone I know that owns one says it's the best car they ever had, but I'm like, I, I just can't get there, man. I need yeah. I need noise. I feel like it's kind of like iPhone and Android. Yeah. They're just like, well, it has so many features. Right. Well, that's cool, but it's... You know. Yeah, like I'm always <laughs> jealous of the of the Android cameras. Like there's people... when I'm, I go to a lot of UFC fights, yeah. and these people in front of me, like I'll look at the shooting the same thing I'm shooting, and like yeah. the colors look amazing, and it's always like a Samsung Galaxy or whatever. Yeah, and they're but zooming like 100x. It looks amazing, <laughs> but it still won't make me switch over from the yeah. iPhone. I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my biggest concern is that they're starting to phase out all these big engines. And yeah. like, uh, I believe Italy set some sort of rule where they have to be hybrid from now on. And so Ferrari just launched their hybrid. So crazy. Um, the Lambos are going hybrid and it's just like, oh man. So I'm I'm trying to get a really, really nice model of a Huracan and an Aventador that I could just hold on to and right. never sell it because that's going to be the last naturally aspirated right, one. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, how did you get into all of this? Like what, what was the gateway that allowed you to be able to invest in fancy cars and jets and all this kind of stuff? Yeah, so um, I used to work at Microsoft. I was a consultant for them. So I was contracted by them. I was doing like business strategy consulting, um, which was great. You know, I really enjoyed it. But at a certain point in my life, I just realized that, hey, this is fun. This is nice. It's comfortable, but I wanted to do more. And so I realized that the only way that I was going to be able to do the things that I really wanted to do was if the financial aspect of my life was taken care of. And I didn't have to ask for time off. I didn't have to clock in, clock out all these different things that are associated with a nine to five, I didn't want to do them anymore. And not just because I was lazy, but because I wanted to do more. Yeah. And for me, that first step in that direction was Forex trading. So started trading Forex, became consistent, profitable. And then I created a bot that did my entire strategy fully automated. And actually the first time that I did it, I got out like a bunch of credit cards and I used that money to deposit into a Forex account. And I just ran my software and I'm like, well, I'm willing to take this bet. I either lose like 45K or something or I make a bunch of money. Right. And thankfully it worked out. And so wow. that like really started everything. And so then I started leasing out that software to clients. I'm like, hey, look at my track record. Look how much money I made this first year off of credit cards. You could do the same thing. And so I started giving it to clients and I grew up a business around that. And then once that got to a certain point, I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to be just all in on Forex. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I have the staying power of where I reached. And I want to make sure that I can maintain this financial stability through diversification. So then I started buying oil wells and e-commerce stores and exotic cars and all these things. They stemmed from that desire to maintain the level that I reached. Mm -hmm. And that eventually turned into like a whole mentorship program because people were like, hey, I want to do exotic cars too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 
Wow. Uh, yeah. When I hear Forex, I instantly think of scam DMs on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So can you explain yeah, yeah, yeah. for, I still don't understand it. Can you explain it to me? And, I saw that in your uh, face. You're like, oh, Forex. <laughs> yeah. No, because you probably get them too, right? And you oh, must yeah, yeah. laugh when oh, you yeah, get yeah. them, right? Um, Absolutely. All those people DMing me are full of shit though, right? Like, Well, most of them are, yes. Okay. I would say Some of them, like, their profiles look Almost legit. Like, like yeah. I'm like, man, he looks like a cool guy, but I know that's not even the guy e like messaging me most likely, right? Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. It's like, hey, my name is Mary, and I'm a, a crypto account manager. Right. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, yes, I would say 99% of like things in forex are legitimately a scam. Like, I know the forex trading community, and I've taken a lot of time, even for myself personally to just kind of vet people. And mm -hmm. if they're offering signals, I'll literally just sign up for their signals and watch like how profitable are they actually? And can they maintain that profitability? And what I found, like I could probably count like 10 to 15 actual like profitable for sure traders. Um, and the rest is mostly just marketing. Um, and you know, that's that's just because of how difficult the industry is. It's very difficult to get past those psychological barriers in order to trade and co trade consistently. But forex trading is just like stocks. You know, you're basically just depositing money into an account and using that to trade contracts. You're not holding any actual currency. You're just trading. Um, it's kind of like trading crypto. Very okay. similar. So yes, there are a lot of scams in the um, industry, and that's why I've chosen to like not really be the forex guy anymore which is kind of how i started right i want to be more on the business consultant side i want to be the guy that's more just passive income because i do have a diverse portfolio and forex is just part of it but right. truthfully forex has really gotten me where i am today really yeah now has forex taken the same kind of hit that crypto has like right now is this a down time for forex or no it doesn't no doesn't work that way no it doesn't work that way because okay. um generally speaking fiat currencies are always going to be a ratio so you have like euro to us dollar or us dollar to japanese yen so there's not really anything that can just like drop in value got it you know what i mean okay it's always going to be a ratio it mostly just kind of fluctuates back and forth and then based on certain economic data like the euro and the uh, british pound have been dropping in value but not like a huge crash got you know it i mean and you mentioned jets too you're you're in the jet space what yeah are you doing there so we're actually just getting into the jet space um we're closing on our first jet um and we're gonna charter that out so i partnered again with the charter company because i don't know how to run jets yeah um and so we have a charter company they manage the whole process for us um good friend of mine is the ceo and so we're buying the asset again and just buying placing, the jet yeah buying the jet and we're placing wow. it in his fleet and he's just going to run the whole thing for us and we profit split now when you do that are do you ask him hey which jet do you want me to buy kind of thing oh, and then yeah. same thing with the cars too like are you calling the car guys and going what do you need you need a wraith you need a lambo is it yeah 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 exactly okay yeah, because at the end of the day this is to make me money it's not really what i want so if they tell me to get a turbo prop i'll get a turbo prop right if they tell me to get you know mid size i'll get mid size so it's all dependent on demand and the other thing is maintenance are there a lot of them in the country can right. we easily service it if we need to right because at the end of the day it's supposed to make us money not look cool yeah it's a, it's a, such a simple uh, business model you have. Uh, I I know it's obviously it takes a lot, and you gotta you know have the means to acquire the car, the jet, whatever. But it seems genius because it's so win win for everybody. Free inventory for the for the company, right? For the yep. jet company or for the car company, and 
and yep. you just split the money. Yeah, exactly. And they're the experts. That's right. the best part. You don't have to be an expert. Right. You just have to get access to the money. And so that's one of the things that I, I include in my program is like, hey, when you join, the first thing that we're going to do is get you access to funds. So I'm getting people 500K, a million bucks from the bank, and they're using that for these different investments. So. Wow. And uh, what about like insurance? When you have when you have the car like that, you're insuring it and they're insuring it kind of thing, or no? So you just get storage insurance because okay. you're not really driving the car. You don't need insurance now. Sometimes if you finance it a certain way, they will require you to get insurance. But you can oftentimes get a pretty cheap insurance, like two hundred, three hundred bucks a month. So you're getting storage insurance. They're picking up the slack on the. Uh, the main renter. policy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. So everything, every single time that car is out, I'm obviously not driving it. So whoever is driving it, we have that company that's renting it out. Right. They're verifying that they have full coverage, that they've had it for at least 90 days. So there's no like problems with anything. We have full loss of use coverage, like everything. Yep. Because stuff does happen. Sure. We've had cars crash. We've I was going to ask you, has anything happened to your specific car? Not my cars. No. <laughs> <laughs> but people I know. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, they they take them out on, like, super rainy days. They're like, oh, yeah, let's just take a Ferrari out. And right. they have no idea how to drive it. Right. A lot of them, that's their first <laughs> go-around with a car with that much power, and, yeah. right? And they, they get yeah, a little yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's a little sketchy in that sense. But the thing is, you're still covered, you know? Like, we've had cars get totaled. Okay, so what happens? Well, insurance covers it. You get a, a check. It's going to take a little bit of time. So guess what? You have loss of use coverage. If you're renting it for $1,500 a day, your average is 10 days a month. Yep. You should still get paid for that, you know? So it's it's not that big of a risk as people think it is, Yeah. but there's still always the risk. Yeah. Oh. And then what about like real estate? Are you in there in real estate too? Yeah. So we do a couple different things in real estate. So I have a really big vendor up in New York um, yep. and also one in Pennsylvania. And so we do a couple different real estate strategies, fix and flips. Um, one of our biggest ones is just acquiring rentals. So I personally love Airbnbs. Yeah. So for me, I love to acquire them and own it because then I benefit from the appreciation as well. Um, so I kind of like to triple dip. I buy something that I need to rehab a little bit. I rehab it. I refinance, pull all my cash out. So now not only is the market appreciating, but I've also forced some appreciation on the property. And now it's cash flowing for me as an Airbnb. And I just continue the process over and over and over again. I actually just had one, uh, just got done getting remodeled down in uh, Florida, mm. uh, Tampa area. So I'm flying down next week to go check that out and pick out some furniture. Um, <laughs> is it like on the water or near the water? Or? Yeah, near the water. Yeah, yeah it's about uh, walking distance, okay. 10 minute walk. Yeah. Wow. And do you have any other properties where you live or like vacation homes or anything like that no you're uh, in seattle 365 other than traveling for work yeah well i basically travel every week so okay. i'm not home much um i just have a condo in seattle i rent i tried to buy it they wouldn't let me but <laughs> uh unfortunately but yeah i i don't live in any of my houses necessarily i spend maybe like a third of the year in hotels uh maybe half the year in hotels uh, and the rest of the time back in seattle do you like hotel living? If they're nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, Co Cosmo isn't too bad. <laughs> yeah, Cosmo's nice. You get a balcony. You get a room yeah. balcony. Yeah. I have the water fountain yeah. outside. It's good. So I'm like, that's oh, not too bad. <laughs> yeah. I love staying in hotels. Like, absolutely love it. I, I yeah. used to do stand-up comedy, and so I used to be on the road all the time. And, like, um, obviously some better than others, you know, hotel-wise, yeah. depending on the city you're in. But, um, yeah, I really – I like – just that simplicity of just you go in, you get the maid service, it's nice and, and clean. whatever. And yeah, 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 right. Yeah. So, what's your favorite hotel then? In Vegas? Well, anywhere. Oh well, like, man. But I mean, by hotel, I mean like brand or like. 
Yeah. Uh, well, have you been to the Cove in the Bahamas? I'm going there next month with our jet investors. Actually. Really? Yep. Are you staying at the Cove? Yep. Perfect. That's going to be your favorite spot. <laughs> yeah. I've been in the lobby of the Cove. Okay. I came there for like a half a day one time. And yeah. so I saw the lobby and I was like, wow, this looks really nice. Yeah. But it's great. You love it? Yeah. I really love it there. Awesome. Yeah. I love it there. Um, yeah. I'm a, I'm probably a Ritz Carlton guy or a montage guy. Um, yeah. You know. I love Ritz. Yeah. I'm dying to go. Have you been to Dubai? I've never been to Dubai, no. but all those. Have you I seen feel the... like I should as a forex trader. Though. Yeah, I feel, yeah, for <laughs> sure you should. Yeah, go tell uh, yeah. eight people. I'm sorry, I blocked them. Um, yeah, uh, I've seen some hotels in Dubai just on video that look amazing. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dubai hotel scene is like next level. Yeah, and I love those infinity pools where you yeah. can see like the skyline of Dubai. Oh man. Yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite city to visit, like here in the states? Um, in the States, I love Miami. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were <laughs> going to say that. As a forex trader? Yeah. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. I gravitate. Yeah. No, I just, I love warm weather. Yeah. I'm really not a cold weather type of guy. I love warm weather and I think Miami is a little bit crazy. So I wouldn't say like Miami beach. Yeah. Um, I like Brickell. I like a little bit of North Miami, like sunny Isles area. It's just calmer. Yeah. But overall, I like the city. I love the Latin influence. Um, I love the beach. Although I don't like the East coast beach of Florida. I like the Gulf side much yeah, more. I hear um, So maybe like Naples or Sarasota. Yeah, Naples That's is nice. more of my vibe, yeah. But... Um, Do you like Vegas? Truthfully? Yeah, not your jam? <laughs> not too much, no. Really? How come? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Everything is just like so centered around just like going out and partying. And right? I don't really go out and party. Mm -hmm. um, I much prefer to like work or just have a nice dinner or something. And yeah. what I find actually in Vegas is that most of the nice restaurants, they like have a, a different feel it's not really boutique it's more of like high volume you know okay what I mean? yeah so that just gives it a whole different atmosphere and i find that their better counterparts are usually like in malibu or like somewhere right like nobu yeah like, yeah. yeah nobu malibu's yeah that's nice yeah yeah i like that one better than the one in vegas but i think it's it's a nice city for like entertainment and stuff like that but um i don't really just go here for fun how many times a year are you here Mm, well, I go. I, last time I was here was a year ago, okay. but I'm gonna be here like three times in the next few months. Oh, really? Yeah. What are you What are you cooking up out here? <laughs> well, I got another podcast to be on. Okay. Um, and then I'm coming back in February for uh, Grant Cardone is having an event here. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was fun getting to know him on the show. <laughs> um, you know, a couple yeah. weeks ago. What a cool guy. Yeah, I saw um, he was on here. Yeah, you spent some time with him. Uh, yeah, I've been to a lot of his events yeah. down in uh, Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, his philosophies and just just he's so uh, you know what you see is what you get with him. Yeah. You know, I love I love, I love his straight whole up. yeah straight <laughs> up yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, and what uh, when you're just unwinding, having fun? What are you doing? What's fun for you? Uh, for me personally, I love being out on the water. So maybe on a nice yacht or like, honestly, I love fishing. So really, if I, if I can go fishing, like man. deep sea fishing or like, uh, <laughs> oh man, I love all types of fishing. Yeah. Deep sea fishing is fun. You're not getting in the water with the, with the waders oh, on. Man, no, come on. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. I'll pop the waders on, walk right out in the middle of the river. <laughs> Stop it. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. That's like my, uh, my activity, my relaxation activity. Well, we have a lot of salmon up in Seattle. Okay. We have one of the best salmon fisheries in the United United States and so for me like walking out in the river and like catching salmon in the river that's like so cool right <laughs> but I do love Florida fishing better 
That's like deep sea, right? Uh, not sea. always. Or, I love oh, I love off a pier, like off a pier. Oh no, no, no. The pier is like pier's no good. That's, that's amateur. Stuff. Okay, that's no good. Okay, <laughs> that's rookie how you ball, catch fish. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you got to take a kayak out or one of those super like uh, they're called flats boats. Right, so they can go in like six inches of water, and you go where all the other boats can't go. And so like way out in the mangroves and like near all that like deserted islands and sandbars, there's a lot of really cool fish out there in Florida. Yeah, and uh, in a kayak, isn't that like uh, how, where's where do you hold the gear? Well, they're special fishing kayaks. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so you can stand on them. They have like places for like a, a cooler, your fishing gear, everything. Now, aren't there gators? You're not worried about the gators? <laughs> not no, in salt water, no. No. <laughs> well, no. I mean, they go in there, but for the most part, I've literally never seen a gator in the salt okay. water. I've seen them in freshwater. I wouldn't go in freshwater, but right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and what about, are you a skydiver, a bungee jumping? You do any of that? Uh, no, man. You know, I wanted to do that when I was younger, but as I got older, I was like, well, it's probably not worth it. Like that's where I'm at. Yeah. yeah I, it's, it's like, funny. <laughs> I always say that the show action junkies, it's false advertising because yeah. I've realized I'm not an action junkie. I don't want to go on roller coasters anymore. I used yeah. to, I don't, I won't do it anymore. Uh, and I lost a bet a couple years ago. I was supposed to go skydiving mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I can't do it. Just like, no. I can't jump out of a plane. I just can't do it. I can't bring myself to do that. Yeah, like there. I mean, what is the upside other than some adrenaline rush, some fun, exactly. right? Exactly. Like you get a risk nice versus reward. It's way off. It's way off, right? <laughs> it's like have fun for a few minutes or possibly die. Right. I don't want to be the 001 percent that. Oh my God, a shoot hasn't. It didn't open. This hasn't yeah. happened in seven years. Like yeah, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing it. Don't be the statistic. Man. No, never, <laughs> never do that um yeah. so uh what's what's on your wish list work-wise like what haven't you done yet that you want to do so i'm right now as i've kind of told you i'm more on the retail side of investing right. so we work with people we help them get into these investments like boots on the ground type of stuff i want to move into more of the institutional side of things so i've acquired over the years a pretty good skill set of investing and so i want to be able to give access to larger investors and institutions and pension funds and all that stuff to the things that we're doing because some of them are very scalable you know, the real estate plays that we're doing, even like the jets and stuff like that. There's yeah. a lot of money in that. And for me to move into the institutional side, that's just scaling it at a whole different pace. We're not talking about people investing 500K at a time. We're talking about like tens of millions. Right. You know, and it's just it's more fun uh, yeah. because you can really do something big with that. What about startups? Do you play with any startups or you try to stay away? No, not for the most part. I've invested in some of my friends' startups, um, like just friends and family yep. round type of that, like that. But I, I haven't invested into anything like majorly. I would say because I know how hard it is to get a startup off the ground. I've yeah. been a part of a couple startups, and I know that not everybody is built for it. And I also don't like waiting ten years for a payout. Right. Right. I need cash flow. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. So. Um, has there any, uh, wh what about like yachts? You said yachts too, you invest in those. Mm -hmm. So where are most of those located? Like Miami or Miami? Yeah. You yeah. want to have a year round market, you know, right. um, Cabo is another great place. It's just, if we had it up in Seattle, it's like nobody would really use it. Right. You know? And so you have to have an area that has a lot of good weather, sunny days. We have a lot of opportunities to use it. Um, and it's the same thing with that. You know, we're doing a couple things when we buy one, we're protecting ourselves from inflation. Mm -hmm. We're buying a physical asset that holds value. We're also buying these at a price point where they're not likely to depreciate much. 
So we don't want to just lose a bunch of money on these investments. We want to buy something that already is depreciated. It's at that value where it's either going to maintain or potentially maybe even make some money on the upside as it um, inflates. Yep. And we're cash flowing from it. So it's kind of like having a piggy bank or a savings account that pays you more than Bank right. of America or whatever bank. Right. <laughs> um, what do your parents think of all this? Well, I, are they for, shocked at what you do? Because <laughs> well, it's a lot. Uh, I just try not to tell them. I don't want to scare them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. what do they think you do? Uh, they just know I invest. Okay. Yeah, they don't you really just keep it at that. They don't really know all the details. Like they know a little bit, and sometimes they'll see something on investing or like stocks, and they'll like send it to me. They're like, "Oh, hey, like check this out." I'm like, "Oh, nice." <laughs> well, no, like I, I don't want to go into all the details because there's like just so many different things and. I don't want them to get confused. Like I help them out in some ways in investing, mm -hmm. um, but I don't like try to teach them any of it. It's just a lot of it is very complex and you have to understand the modern market exactly as it works. And it's very dynamic and it changes a lot, you know? And so I don't want to try and confuse somebody or even advise somebody because I'm not a financial advisor. Sure. So um, I just, you know, I, I show them the things that I invest into and if they want to be a part of that, they can. Were you a good student? Yeah, but, well, in what sense? I got good grades. You got good grades? I, I didn't read my textbooks. You, wait, so how'd you pull that off? You just, you just knew? <laughs> well, I, I figure if you pay attention in class, they're going to cover the most important stuff. Right. So Makes sense. I just paid attention. Okay. And you had a good memory, or you took great notes, yeah. or? Yeah, I, I have a pretty good memory, I'd say. Did you yeah. go to college? Yeah. Where'd you go? I'm actually at uh, Northwest University, uh, finishing up my PhD right now. How old so, are you? 26. <laughs> That's so crazy. Do you, do you, so you've accomplished way more than most 46 year olds. Well, thank you. <laughs> do you feel that? Or do you feel like you're behind? Do you feel like you're right on time? Do you feel like you're ahead? Where do you feel you're at in the, in the business game? Honestly, I feel like I'm behind, but I don't feel I had a like, feeling you'd say that. I don't feel like I'm comparing myself to anybody else though. Right. I just know that I could have done more with the time that I had. And that's why I feel behind because I know there were some times in my life where I wasn't as focused as I should have been, or maybe I took a month off in the summer and, you know, I feel like I could have built a more robust and more efficient system throughout my life to where now my business would have been twice as big, you know? And for me, that's kind of the pressure that keeps me going. But I also, you know, I don't feel like I've accomplished that much because I don't really like to like stop and celebrate wins. Yeah. Like I expect them to happen. So when they happen, I'm just like, okay, well, let's just keep moving to the next one, you know? And right. it's not like, oh, I've made it, you know? You're, you're playing the full season essentially. Yeah, so exactly. that's just one game during the season that you won. Yeah, exactly. And right. so I'm not like, oh my God, like, you know, I made it. You know, I just want to, what's the next thing that I can achieve? What's the next thing that I can do? How can I make this bigger and better? Made your first million at... What age? Uh, I think it was like 22, 23. That's so crazy. Maybe 22 and a half. I don't know. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. Now, did the parents realize that? No, I didn't tell them. <laughs> really? You didn't tell them? I was like, them. Mom, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> you didn't tell them? No. Um, was it a specific deal that did it or just a culmination of a bunch of deals all blossoming? Um, it was Forex trading. Forex trading. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. And then that's when I realized like, Man, I should diversify. Like, <laughs> right. I wanna, I wanna keep this. You know? Right, right. So yeah, I was like, hey, what else can I put this into to cash flow? Because I don't want all my eggs in one basket, and that's yeah. a really big thing. A big priority for me is diversification. And I actually have two types of diversification that I like to do, 
internal and external. So external is like, okay, I have Forex, I have real estate, I have exotic cars, I have oil wells. I'm externally in so many different industries, but even within those industries, I'm diversified. Exotic cars, I don't have 10 Lambos. I have a Huracan, I have a Urus, I have a Wraith. You know, I want to get some more cars that are different mm -hmm. because even in that industry specifically, I want to be diversified. So if New York starts not performing, well, LA is going to perform. My Miami cars are going to do well, you know, and that protects me very, very well. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that's interesting. It's, 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 I mean, how did you get all this wisdom? How did you, like, did you have a mentor that helped you with all this or just self-taught instinct? Uh, mostly trial and error. Really? <laughs> yeah. So Crashing and burning here and there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Like, the thing that I just, I'd say I got lucky with a little bit is with the Forex, I had cash flow coming in. And yep. so I'm like, okay, let me start diversifying into anything that sounds good. I literally just like went crazy on investing and started investing into anything I could possibly find. That made sense, obviously. Sure. Um, and I realized two things. Number one, no matter how good you are at looking at four investments and trying to do all your due diligence, you're still not going to be 100% profitable. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that I realized is that it's not even always up to you if that investment is going to be profitable. So I have had investments which made 100% sense, like I'm still in some of them where they should be paying me, but they're not. And so I found that overall, my portfolio tends to have like a 60 to 70% success rate, but that's because I'm a little bit loose with my due diligence as well. Um, and I want to just try things and see if they work. Right. And that allows me to identify the 70% that is effective, that does work, that does cash flow, and then put that into my program and tell others about it. You know, what about solar? Are you in solar? I feel like that's like hot right now. Oh, right? yeah. Uh, I'm not in solar, but I really want to get into solar. I'm looking for the right entry point into solar. So a couple different projects that I could potentially be a part of. Um, I'm not into anything in specific, but I, I, I see a huge potential. I believe that the first trillionaire that we're going to have is going to come from solar and renewable energy. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole world is headed that way. If right. you can get in that wave and you can find a way to monetize it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's so interesting. It's just, I'm just fascinated by, you know, I, I've got, you know, pretty much everyone here at the studio, the other than me, uh, everyone that runs this place, they're all like 24 years old and they're so sharp compared to like, when I think back of how I was, I'm 52 now. So when I think back of like what I was like at 24, this, this generation is like rock stars. Like it's so, I, I guess that's just growing up digital, I guess. Is, is that what it is? Growing up with iPads in your hand and <laughs> iPhones in your hand when you're, when you're young? I don't know. It might have been. Um, I think we just have really easy access to information, yeah. you know, and information has the ability to make you money. And so I think that the, like the previous generation, you guys had a much harder time. You had to go to the library to learn right. some of this stuff. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Um, and so we have a huge advantage with technology. And one of my favorite things that I actually got out of college that I still remember is that technology is basically increasing the output that you get from the same input. So I could be putting in the same amount of work as you, but because I have technology, I can multiply that 100x. Right. And that's just the fact of the matter, you know, and as we have more technology that comes out, as we become more efficient, we can produce more and more and more with the same amount of effort. And that's one reason that I don't really like uh, like a one to one return on my investment. So, mm -hmm. for example, if I go plant a crop, I'm going to get one crop out of it. Right. I, well, how can I get digital crops? <laughs> I want crop NFTs. Right. You know, I want something that I do the work one time and it pays me 100 times. I was just going to ask you about NFTs in the metaverse. Are you playing around in, with that? 
Uh, I have a couple projects that I'm working on. I can't tell you about them okay. yet, but uh, very soon there's going to be something. Well, that'll be out. part two when you come back. <laughs> part two, I love um, it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and married, single, what's single. Uh, single? Single, I just have my aura ring. Okay. <laughs> Is it hard to date with your schedule to find someone that understands, like, wait, this guy works like a lunatic. Is it hard to uh find someone that that can understand that um yeah i'd say you know it's not going to be your traditional relationship you know a lot of people like they just have a nine to five and that's fine but they have that time set aside every day for their personal activities for their social life for me i have a different priority right now i'm focused on a couple things my business my schooling i need to finish my phd a couple um nonprofit organizations that i'm a part of i need to be focused on those things right now and i think as i get better and better I'm also becoming more efficient at these things. Like mm -hmm. in my business, where I am right now compared to a year ago, I'm way more efficient and I'm putting in, I'd say the same amount of work, but getting way more output. And the reason is that I'm learning how to leverage teams and all these different processes that can automate stuff. And so for me, when I'm ready to make that move, I would like to be married. I do want to get married one day when the time is right, but I will have achieved a level of efficiency in my business where I can balance that. Right. And so it's going to be maybe four to six hours of work a day, ideally. Um, and that way I have time for my family, for my relationship, whatever right. it is. What's your routine like day to day? Is it, do you get up at the same time every day and do you have like a, an absolute routine or does it, does it, no, I don't, I don't have no billionaire routine to share with you today. No, <laughs> no. well, kind of. So I, my bedtime tends to vary. I like to go to bed late and I kind of got into a bad habit because of Forex trading. So oh. you have to start Forex trading right around midnight Pacific time. Okay. Because that's when the London market opens. Got it. 8 a.m. 8 a.m. or uh, 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Yeah. Okay. So they open at 9 a.m. And so that's for us at midnight. And I got into a bad habit of staying up all night trading like way back in the day. And so for me now, sometimes I still have that tendency to stay up till at least one or two or three. Um, and then I wake up, I'd say pretty late compared to most entrepreneurs at eight, um, hit the gym and then get to my meetings. So, and when you're up late, are you working or are you just like, you, you just, you've, you've instinct, you've just naturally become a night owl and you're Netflixing or whatever, like you just. No, I definitely work. Working, working. <laughs> yeah, I have like a a full day work schedule. So in the morning after the gym, I, I work till about lunch, usually just a very brief lunch, keep working until dinner time. And that's when I have my real break. So maybe like 5 to 7 p.m. I'll take a nice break. And then from 7 until midnight or 1 a.m. I'll end up working. And how how often are people pitching you projects? Oh, um, all the time. All the time. Oh, yeah. Does that get old or do you like you like the deal flow? I like the deal flow because I have that program. And so I have so many students, hundreds of students that are depending on me to give them deal flow. So for me, it's interesting because I do love new investments. I love putting my money into new projects. I just invested into something yesterday, um, like totally random, never been a part of it, like granite. Uh, pretty cool. Um, and for me, it's like I want to have the ability to invest into these things and I want to try them out first. And if they work, I can tell other people about them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more of me sharing my story. This is what I tried. This is what worked for me. This is what didn't work. Uh, and this is how I found the best way to invest into this field is. So I do like the deal flow, not the scammy deal flow where they're like, hey, you should buy our NFT or <laughs> let right. me manage your Forex account, right. yeah. you know, but um, like legitimate things, you know, legitimate projects. And how soon is this answer? You're probably going to say it fluctuates. It just depends case by case. But um <laughs> How soon into like a pitch when someone's pitching you, do you know if you're in or out? 
I would say usually within the first 30 seconds, I can get a pretty good <laughs> sense just by how they're talking. Mm -hmm. Because if they're talking to me like, you know, they're desperate or they like just really need the cash, it's usually a bad sign because if it was a good investment, it would attract money on its own. I have always like literally in my entire like career, I've never run ads up until about like two months ago. Mm -hmm. It's all been organic and the results speak for themselves. I'm making so many people so much money that it's just attracting more people. Right. You know, and so if your deals were legitimately that good, it would be attracting people. And you can you can kind of sense it, you know, like when somebody really knows what they're talking about, if they're confident that this is a good thing, you can see that. Yep. Yeah. And um, what's your process? Like if someone just shoots a cold email to you, hey, man, I wanted to talk to you, set up a call, whatever. Do you ask them to send over like a business plan first or what is, what is it? What's the, what's the barrier to even get to you on the phone? Or do you just jump on the phone and just, yeah, let's just talk and you, no. you hear him out and cut it? No. <laughs> no. I got a lot of messages, um, it messages, DMs. And I think the worst part is when somebody's like, hey, how are you? <laughs> It's like, what? You want them to cut right to the chase. <laughs> yeah, I want them to be more direct. Like, hey, if you're going to send me a random message, you don't even follow me. I don't follow you. Never heard of you. Like, Skip the small talk. Yeah, just like tell me what you want. And if that's interest, if it's interesting, put it in one message so I can read it in 30 seconds. Not like a massive message. Sometimes people send me like a whole novel. <laughs> I, I literally don't read that. it. I'm just like, no. Like, yeah. <laughs> decline. When my friends, my own friends call me and sometimes they leave me a voicemail, which who's leaving voicemails anymore, but sometimes <laughs> my friends leave me voicemails. If it's longer than 10 seconds, I don't even listen to it. Yeah. And then I'll get a text later. Hey, did you listen to my message? I'm like, no, your message is 48 seconds. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Unless I know you're really funny. Yeah. Like if you have a history with me of like whatever you're going to leave me is going to make me laugh. If yeah. it's not that. Yeah. I can't deal with it. Oh yeah. I don't want to hear, hear it. it. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. And like sometimes voice notes too. Like people send me voice notes and I'm like, sometimes I could just like really quickly respond to text and email, but like voice notes, like I'm not just going to whip out my phone. Like, right. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. But I'd say like just being direct, you know, and telling me what you need and how it provides value to me and also to you because mm -hmm. everybody has their own agenda. You're not messaging me just because you're a nice guy. I want to know what I'm getting out of it and what you're getting out right. of it. And if it makes sense, because if you're trying to tell me that it's not doing anything for you, I don't believe you. And right. I think it's a bad investment for me. Right. But if you tell me what it's doing for you, what it's doing for me, and I like it, sure, let's do it. You know, let's hop on a call and talk more. I'm pretty open when it makes sense. Mm -hmm. so. And what's your range when it comes to investing? Or is, is there a range? I mean, there has to be some kind of range. Right? Range like financially? Yeah. So I have this rule that I teach. I don't like to invest in anything that's less than 10K. Now that's like very entry level, obviously. Yep. I don't really have an upper bound. Like I'm always open to any sort of investment. Um, I mean, I don't have like 100 million liquid at the moment, but right. you know, I have a good amount to invest. And I'm always, I don't have an upper limit. I have a, a lower limit because I've found that investments that are less than 10K or even for the most part, less than 50K. They're hard to get to the finish line, right? Um, yeah, but they're also just generally not good because there's two things that happen as your investment grows in value. If I'm asking you for a million bucks, I know the pool that I'm playing in. These are people that they're going to do their due diligence. They're smart investors. They're savvy investors. They have a million cash. They probably know what they're talking about. So I'm not even going to pitch you my idea unless I know it's good, unless this is legitimately producing results for people. And that causes me to be on my A game and not even mess around. If you're trying to like 
work with people or maybe like take advantage of them not doing their due diligence or something like that, you're going to try to pitch them something that's like way lower ticket. And that's right. usually like what those Instagram scammers try to do. Right. They'll get you for 2K or 5K or something like that. And the pool of investments is just so wide down there. But up in the higher levels, number one, the investments are higher quality. And number mm -hmm. two, they usually tend to perform because they're targeting these high caliber people. Right. Interesting. Um, have there been any investments that you've made that you're like, now when you look back, you're like, what was I thinking? Has that <laughs> happened? Any, what was uh, I thinking? Disasters? Not really. Well, actually, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got skimmed in Forex too. Stop! <laughs> Early on? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, okay, this was the worst part, man. It was one of my mentors. Stop it. Yes. <laughs> I won't name drop, but okay, so when I was first starting out in Forex, I, I spent about a year and a half, I'd say, maybe a year, just learning on my own. Just right? YouTube videos, just studying, trial and error. I was literally just depositing whatever money I had extra and just trading with it. And I got to a certain skill level, like baseline skill level. And then I was like, okay, I want to take this to the next level. I want to learn what other people are doing. I had my own strategies, but I hired a couple mentors to teach me their strategies. And this is a guy that legitimately knows how to trade. Like his strategies are great. Like I still use a couple things that I learned from him in my own strategies. Like I, I added them, you know? And for me, I was like, okay, well this dude is legit. And then he launches this thing. He's like, oh, hey, I created a new algo trading bot and you should invest in it because it's making so much money. And I was like, okay. Um, and I trusted him because number one, I learned right. good things and from you'd, him. And you'd known him how long at this point? Uh, maybe like a year. Okay. Yeah. So I, I knew who he was. I'd kind of been watching him. I know he's legitimately profitable. Like why on earth would he just be scamming people? Right. Um, and then I also saw on his page, he was also like endorsed by other top traders, like people that I know for sure. Like some of the biggest people in the industry are like friends with him, commenting on his pictures or like taking pictures together. I was like, okay, interesting. This is probably legit. And I only invested, I don't remember, like 20, 30K, nothing big at all. But he's like, yeah, we're going to get a 40% return monthly. That was the first red flag. <laughs> but I was like, well, hey, maybe. <laughs> right. He showed me some results. I was like, okay, cool, <clears throat> let's do it. So I put in whatever, 20, 30K. Um, and the, the first like biggest red flag was that he wasn't showing me any like history or anything like that. It was just kind of like him saying things. Right. Um, and then one day he emails me, he's like, Hey, uh, something happened with the bot where instead of taking buys, it was taking cells. And like, at this point I already had my own running software. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Like the software doesn't just accidentally do the opposite of right. what you told it to do. <laughs> right. And he's like, yeah. So like, uh, but I guaranteed you a profit just like we signed the contract, which he did, by the way, guaranteed me a profit um, and that I wouldn't lose anything. So he's like, yeah, well, if you just deposit 20K more, I can deliver on my guarantee and I can get you back to profitable. I'm like, no, <laughs> not going to happen. So anyways, that was my worst investment. So you don't ever. talk to him anymore? No, I don't. No. Wow. Did he ever realize that he screwed up, like admit guilt or anything? Or Oh, no. No, no. he thinks he's right. <laughs> So he thinks you guys just had a disagreement and you've agreed to disagree and go your separate ways. Well, he, like, I told him, I was like, dude, like, that's not cool. Like, you know, I don't want to get my lawyer involved, blah, blah, blah. And then he, like, started threatening me with all these threats, like, physical threats. I was like, dude, like, okay, whatever. 20K is not even worth it. Like, <laughs> whatever, wow. bro. Enjoy it. <laughs> you probably need it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's so. your only uh, bad, like, real bad one? or That was, like, a really bad one. Where... That's not so bad with all the deals you're in. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. But it was just, like, shocking to me that somebody who could seem so legit 
flip like, on you like yeah, that. Yeah, just like literally. Anyway, so that that's why I think that that was the one where I was like, hey, you like, what was I thinking? You know, but I have had some other bad investments for sure. Like one bad one is um, Amazon automation. So yeah, if you do like Amazon drop shipping, it's technically yep. against their terms of use. And so I did Amazon. I did Walmart. I had a like, lot of money in that though, right? Uh, well, if you know how to work it right. and if you don't get banned. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's definitely money in it. And I'd say I know maybe like two people who can legitimately run a business that profits from it. Yep. Now, besides that, most of the other guys have no idea what they're doing. They're just outsourcing to like Pakistan or like Philippines or something and nothing wrong with those countries, but they just, um, they're not American trained on some of these things. And you can tell that in the customer experience and customers start complaining. And that's like the big issue. That's how you get suspended. And, um, you know, I think that if you have a fully U.S. team and you have everybody on site, you have supervision right there. When you have all these remote workers, no matter where they are, no matter what country, um, it just gets a little bit more difficult logistics wise and keeping everything on point. You have to keep your rating up. You can't get bad reviews, you know, right. and it just ends up being tricky. And at the end of the day, you're doing what, like 15 percent at best a month. Right. And it's like. I don't know. We could do better with Forex. And if you're sending out emails that say, uh, ma'am, if you could be so kind, uh, you, yeah. the people are like, what is going on? Who's sending this message like this? I get yeah. those. Sir, if you could be so kind. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, this is a scam. You, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, it just doesn't sound American. Right. You know? And like, I'll ask them, where do you live? And they'll write USA. And I'm like, people who live in the USA <laughs> don't say that. We don't say <laughs> we live in the USA. That's not how we refer to it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I even will send them back sometimes like, hey, let me at least help you. Let me coach you on how to write these emails send me some money and i'll coach you so you can sound like you speak english as the first language because yeah yeah, yeah. yeah ma'am if you could be so kind sir if you could be so kind you yeah. know uh -uh. I yeah yeah so that's that's one industry where you know it's just it's tough to make money because again you're like against the terms of use of amazon and you're you're kind of trying to like gray area your way into passive income right and it's fine <laughs> but it's like it's not sustainable right i wouldn't want all my passive income to be dependent on walmart allowing me to be a vendor on their platform right you know it's a cool like one one fortieth of my investment portfolio but not the full thing right Oh man, this was really fun talking to you. I really enjoyed this. Well, thanks this for having is, me. Uh, man. Yeah, I uh, I'm blown away by just your your drive, and I'm I'm excited to follow you now and see uh, where where this all shakes out. By the time you're 30, you're gonna be running shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, man. I really appreciate you having me here. Yeah. I enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, good times. All right, we'll see you guys next time uh, on Action Junkies, and you're gonna end the show when you hit the button and the thing goes like that, man.